0: When I hear this question, I I get really worried because I wonder if the person asking is at a point where nothing I say is going to matter. Because when you say, it would be worth it to me, it means that I see the marriage as of no value. Mm -hmm. Right? And I just feel, like, happier if I just didn't have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have nobody. I don't know if that would last, to be honest, but that might be the way you feel on your way out the door. I feel my marriage is basically hopeless being married to a um, non-Christian. What's our word we're using? Uh... Can't think of the word. Heathen, okay. <laughs> or unequally yoked—that's the word. Okay, um, so we have nothing in common. We're both miserable. Can I get a divorce if I never remarry? Because it would be really worth it to me to do that. And I think that comes off of yeah. the uh, Corinthians verse where it says, uh, "Women, you can leave your your spouse, um, but then unless you you know remarry him, yeah. the whole thing." So, so First Corinthians seven does have a verse similar to that. But will let me try to. I'll try to quote it off the top of my head. It says, it says um, a wife should not separate from her husband, should not, but if she does, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled. So it's interesting how that happens. That um, It doesn't sound like she would have got kicked out of the church for it exactly, if she did separate, but she was told not to, but people do. And then they're like, well, then remain unmarried. So in a sense, I'm like, hey, if you do separate, sometimes remaining unmarried, and you're the cause of the separation, you're the one bringing it up, it's just stay separate. But here's the thought. The reason for the command seems to be because the marriage should be restored. The heart behind it, right, is to restore the marriage. It's not permission. You're allowed to separate if you don't get remarried. And that's kind of the question, that it's couched that way. Um, so I, I think that that's, um, it's kind of like if your kid goes, I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna stop going to high school. Is that okay if I get a job? And part of he's like, well, if you stop going to high school, you're gonna get a job. But no, it's not okay, right? It's neither of these things are okay. We're just dealing with real life as it happens. So, um, when I hear this question, I I get really worried because I wonder if the person asking is at a point where nothing I say is gonna matter. Because when you say, it'd be worth it to me, it means that I see the marriage as of no value, Mm -hmm. right? And I just feel like happier if I just didn't have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have nobody. I don't know if that would last, to be honest, but that might be the way you feel on your way out the door. Um, So the question is, is the primary function of marriage to make me happy? And when I put it that way, we split into two camps. The people who were like, obviously not, and the people who say, obviously. (laughs) And these two camps, I mean, almost everybody I've heard who left a marriage seemingly under questionable circumstances, later they tell the story and they go, I just wasn't happy. Don't I deserve to be happy? Like, I value your happiness, but if you value your happiness too much, you become a narcissist. Mm-hmm. And you can't really be a good follower of Christ if you value your happiness in the present world that much. We're choosing between this world and the next. We're choosing between instant gratification and ultimately the pleasure of God all the time. And of course, that applies to our marriages. I don't know if the person's able to hear me say these things because this is, stuff's kind of offensive when you're feeling that strongly that you just want to get out of dodge. Mm-hmm. So I would say first, you know, get your heart, mind, and life truly surrendered to and focused on Christ. Um, How the world hears this is, oh, this is the church with the male leaders in the church forcing you to stay married and miserable. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how the the world hears it. I think how a Christian hears this is, Jesus calls you to live for him, to honor him in all you do, and to wait on him for comfort and glory that lasts forever in his presence. And he's worthy. He is worthy of your obedience to him. And when you look at your marriage and you go, and my marriage is more than about my happiness. I'm picturing something in the world
1: mm-hmm.
0: about the truth of Christ. When you see it that way, all of a sudden it's like, I can't, just, I can't just cast it aside because it's no longer a hamburger that I'm eating that's not pleasurable so I throw it away. It's something that has Im- immeasurable value to people beyond me, you know, to the Lord and even in the world, <clears throat> but along, you know, in the question was embedded this idea of we have nothing in common, and I thought that was really interesting, we have nothing in common, me and my wife talked about this, because I have very few hobbies, I'm interested in a lot of things, but I have like almost no hobbies at all, like I remember trying to find a hobby, like I was looking online, hobbies for guys, <laughs> 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 I'm, this is the way I am, right, so I just re- I'll research hobbies is what I'll do. <laughs> So I look up all I looked at like a hundred hobbies for guys and I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to do any of that stuff, you know. (laughs) You know how long it takes to clean guns after you go shooting? You know, I mean shooting's fun, but it's a lot of work, you know. uh, I don't know, man. If we go fishing, that takes like all day. I got I got a lot of stuff to do. So I do stuff with my wife, we have things in common, but they're all things she likes and I don't even care about. (laughs) Right? It's perfect. I mean, it's completely true. Like, we go, we do stuff, and and, I'm like, I would never do this (laughs) if it wasn't for the fact that she wants to, but I'm doing it for her. So we have several things that we do, a bunch of stuff we do all the time, you know, that's just for her. (laughs) Aww. I like that, personally. And so I'm not excited about or interested in it, you know, but I'm interested in her, and so I intentionally do it and I get involved and I'll be there and try to care about the stuff that I think doesn't matter and I say all this to say I I understand you don't have anything in common and that's okay you can have a great connection by just getting involved and caring about the things they like and that's okay too and I do it all the time so don't tell me it can't be done (laughs) all the time so um, I think it's very important and healthy Um, it's easy for a guy like me to just do ministry all the time 24-7 but I don't because I got married and that takes priority over my ministry. At least my obedience to Christ does in my marriage to fulfill my role and my calling before God. So I set that stuff aside. Um, Yeah, Because there's a danger in slowly separating, once, so in marriage, if you guys know this, but in marriage, if if your lives become isolated from each other so that you live together, but other than that, they're not really overlapping much, you are doomed. You need to make them overlap as much as possible. And if you're married to a non-believer, it's going to be even harder, so you've got to work even harder for it. So, like, he, all he cares about is fishing. I hate fishing. Go fishing. Mm-hmm. You've got to do something. You have to connect. You've got to create overlap between your lives for the sake of your marriage, not just for the sake of your enjoyment of that event mm-hmm. or of that task. And I think that that could help. To start to bridge the gap because it, one day, and this, even in mirrors like this, one day of having a good time together can just refresh your heart so much mm-hmm. and it can be really good.